welcome to the teaching ministry of Calvary Port St. Lucie. Let's join Pastor Matt Messiano with the message, The Fight. Men, church, maybe right now you are in the fight of your life. You are in a tough, tough circumstance right now. Maybe you're thinking, oh man, I don't wanna be in a fight because I'm not prepared. Or maybe everything's going great in your life right now. Maybe things are going good. But I gotta say, regardless of the circumstance that you are in, we must be prepared. We must be on guard and we must be ready for the fight. And when I think of the term fight, I think of a boxer. You see, a boxer trains extremely hard. They follow a strict diet. They study their potential opponent. They receive coaching. And in a fight, they even receive medical attention in between rounds. I want you to take a look at some training up here on the video. these five rounds of shadow boxing, usually starting off with just footwork, defense, and feints. Now it's time for the serious fight training. Five rounds of work in the body, creating angles, closing off the distance. Folks, this 36-second clip came from a 36-minute training video. That boxer had already ran three miles, had breakfast, and did his first workout before he even made it into the training session. So the idea here is that we have to train hard. We have to train hard. A dedicated boxer trains hard for the main event. He has to be prepared. You have to be prepared for the fight. And just because you win a match does not mean that the fight is over. Continued challenges will be on the horizon for the boxer as he or she defends their title. I believe that we can parallel the life of a boxer in some sense to the life of a follower of Jesus. There are temptations that you and I will be faced with, challenges that you and I will be faced with. Jesus gave us a way to fight when these fights take place. No one can escape temptation. But with the Lord, you and I can find victory in the fight. Just like the boxer, the follower of Christ has to be trained. The follower of Christ has to be discipled. We have to be ready because we will encounter the fight. Sometimes we will get knocked down. And when we get knocked down, we have to get back up and go another round. We have to look to Jesus to see the way that he handled the fight in the wilderness that he faced. And I believe we can find practical application to pull out to apply to our lives as his followers. So to set the stage, in Luke the third chapter, Jesus just got done being baptized by John in the river Jordan, and the spirit falls upon him. Now pick it up in verse one of chapter four. Jesus, full of the spirit, 
returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days, being tempted by the devil. Okay, so Jesus just identified with us in baptism, and now he's identifying with us in temptation. We can all agree that Jesus lived his life and operated in his ministry as a spirit-filled man. So the very first point I wanna make this morning is that we must be spirit-filled and spirit-led. Jesus was spirit-filled and he was spirit-led. And the question is, how can we be spirit-filled? Well, we did it this morning. We were in worship, we were worshiping God, we were giving him the praise and the honor that he deserves. We were inviting the Spirit at that moment to fill us in our pursuit of God in our scripture reading, when we spend time in the Word, we're inviting the Lord to fill us with his Spirit. An attitude of prayer, an attitude of service, these are all ways that we can be filled with the Spirit. But what I really, really, really want you to understand here with Jesus is that in this moment during um, being led into the wilderness, Jesus chose not to rely on his divine nature, the resources of his divine nature, but he willingly limited himself to what could be done by the guidance from the Father and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Take a look at the screen here. We're gonna read Hebrews. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us in our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus is God. However, he limited himself so that he could identify with you and I in our experiences. That's incredible. Listen to what David Guzik said. He wrote, we sometimes think that Jesus' temptations were not real because they're not like ours. There was never a sinful pull or a sinful memory inside of Jesus like in us. But in many ways, Jesus' temptations were more real and more severe. For us, oftentimes the pressure of temptation only relents, sadly, when we give in. Jesus never did. He had to withstand a much greater pressure of temptation than you or I ever will. Folks, Jesus, fully God and fully man, experienced what we go through in our temptation. He chose not to rely on his divine resources, but as a man, he experienced what we experience. Now, temptation in the Bible is used a few ways. I wanna focus on two. The first way is Satan. Satan, through temptation, he works an angle to attract us through our lusts. He tempts us to perform evil acts. He solicits us. He entices us to do evil. All of us struggle with temptation. Some struggle with sexual temptation. Some struggle with emotional circumstances that lead to disbelief or doubt or inadequacies. How about a compromise with your eyes, looking at things that you should not? Greed, power, wanting to advance in your workplace 
by backstabbing someone, betrayal, drunkenness, idolatry, talking bad about others. How about insecurities that lead to our own doubt or our own disbelief? You see, this temptation I'm describing to you, Satan uses to entice us to commit evil. This temptation is linked in signature to an evil act. How about this? How about identity issues? Church, you gotta hear this. If you have given your life to Jesus, you can say, I am a child of God. You can say to yourself, I'm adopted, I'm chosen, I'm loved, I'm redeemed. If you struggle with identity issues, you need to remind yourself of who you are and whose you are. Another way temptation happens in one sense is that we're tested by God. You see, Abraham and Isaac, remember the story? Abraham, sacrifice your son. Whoa. Talk about a test. God knew the outcome of that test. He knew what was gonna take place. Abraham was obedient, and God provided an alternative. Sounds a lot like the gospel. Thank God for his grace in our lives. For me, a test that I faced, my wife and I, we faced a test, news from the Lord, in September of 2018. The Lord led us to make a decision that impacted our finances. I wrestled with this. I wrestled with this decision. My wife, oh man, I'm so blessed. Thank you, Lord, for my wife. She looks at me and says, God's in this. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> I got the calculator out. I added up the numbers. I looked at the ledger. It did not add up. I went back to my wife, I said, we can't do this. She says, no, we need to do this. God's leading, I prayed about it, and we obeyed. Now let me just say this. I'm not bragging on our obedience because I wrestled with this. But when we obeyed, the Lord came through in a way that we never knew possible. God is able to do exceedingly above what you could ask, think, or imagine. If the Lord is testing you past the test, Trust the process. So we have temptation by enticement. We have testing uh, for obedience from God, right? One way, the enemy's way. Another way, God's way, where it's blessed. But you have to understand something. Jesus, full of the Spirit, was led into, here it is, the wilderness. Our second point this morning is that the Holy Spirit leads us into different seasons, some in the wilderness and some in green pastures. Remember when you made your vows when you got married for better or for worse in both circumstances? The mountaintop and in the valley. We will praise the Lord in all of our circumstances. Psalms 23, we read it, we love it. Lord, lead me to the green pastures and the still waters, but don't forget there's still a valley of the shadow of death. In both of these circumstances, the Lord is with us, the Lord is leading us, we are not alone. You see, there's a parallel to the way Jesus was tempted 
and the way Adam was tempted. But you have to understand something. Adam and Eve faced their temptation when everything was perfect. Jesus faced his temptation in a completely different circumstance. Don't forget, you gotta, as the boxer does, have your guard up at all times. The minute you lower that guard, the enemy's looking to knock you out. Even when your guard is up, the enemy is looking to knock you out. In the green pastures and in the valley, both circumstances, we have to be prepared for the fight. So what I wanna do is I wanna show you the opposite of what Adam went through in his temptation, a perfect circumstance, and I wanna talk about what Jesus went through when he was tempted. So we'll pick it up in the second half of verse two and read through verse four. So Jesus fasted for 40 days and he ate nothing during those days. And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. You see what happened here? Satan came after Jesus in a moment of weakness. Imagine for a moment that you and I went on a fast for 40 days, right? And all of our friends and family are coming around us eating a double bacon cheeseburger <laughs> and my all-time favorite chocolate chip pumpkin muffins. How hard would that be? And I think for a moment, right? That would be very difficult. The enemy attacked Jesus when he was hungry. You see, after a long fast, Jesus was on the point of starvation, if not starving to death. But I love what 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says. It says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will always provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Church, God gives us a way out. For some of you, you may know, I'm, I'm dating myself here, and, and for some of you, you have no idea who Jamie Foxx is, but he wrote a song, maybe one or two, but you cannot blame it on the alcohol. You cannot blame your anger outburst and the way in which you respond to people in the bad way on the way the person made you feel. Folks, you can't blame the internet because you looked at porn. That was a choice. That was a decision that was made. You have to take responsibility for your decision. You can't blame the circumstance. Now listen, Jesus was hungry and he was led by the spirit. And if you and I are spirit led, we can find victory. I gotta ask though, if you were to do an inventory right now, would you say that your stomach is more full than your spirit. You take more time feeding this flesh than you do feeding your spirit. I gotta ask, if you were to take the same effort that you do to prepare a meal, to cook a meal, to consume a meal, and to clean up after a meal, and you would take that same time and you would allocate that time for pursuit of God, could it be different in your life? The boxer has to train hard for the fight. If not, 
they will not succeed. We're gonna move on. Right here, Satan is challenging Jesus to display his identity. Basically, Satan is saying, since you're the son of God, do a little something for yourself. Sound familiar when the enemy comes at you with your temptation? Oh, you've worked so hard, you've, you deserve it. You can have a little bit. Nobody's looking, nobody's around. You can partake a little bit in this thing. You've been doing so good for so long. Give yourself a little break. You can partake a little bit. You gotta live a little. No. Remember, the temptation that entices you to evil is from Satan. The test that comes from the Lord, he gives you a way out. There is a difference in both of those situations. Satan is appealing to Jesus with a legitimate need. He's starving, but he's doing it in an illegitimate way. How often do you find yourself fulfilling a legitimate need in an illegitimate way? We have to be careful, church. We have to be on guard. We can't make small compromises. Remember, temptation gives birth to sin and sin gives birth to death. It's a snowball effect. One little compromise here turns into 10 compromises, turns to I'm so deep, I need help, rescue. Get a hold of it in the beginning. Give it to the Lord. Get back up when you get knocked down and keep fighting. Jesus' response to Satan is, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so our third point is this, Jesus used scripture to fight Satan's temptation. Remember, he chose not to depend on his divine resources. In his humanity, he relied on the word of God to respond. So often I hear Philippians 4.13, you go through a difficult time, you know, I could do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I love backing up two verses. I love going to the verse that says, I can be content in all circumstances. Then I have the power to do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter if I'm in a valley, no matter if I'm in a green pasture, if I have the attitude of content in all circumstances, God equips me to do all things. We have to respond to those circumstances with scripture. Church, how about the challenges of life? Do you count it joy? James says to count it joy when you go through trials of many kind. I gotta say, I struggle with that sometimes. I'm a human. But when the enemy comes at me and he's like, oh, you have every right to be upset. Oh, but, but don't forget, he comes at you this way. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. You know what? You, you're justified in being upset. And then I find myself in a circumstance where I'm not counting it joy. No, Satan, just leave me alone. I'm gonna count a joy through this trial right now. How about an employer who gives you a hard time? You have a difficulty with your employer and you don't Colossians 3.23 it, right? Jesus responds with scripture. How about you respond with scripture? I'm gonna count, you know what, Lord? Whatever I do, I'm gonna do with my whole heart as if I'm working for you and not for men, Colossians 3.23. God, this employer may be giving me a hard time, but I'm not working for that employer. I'm working for you. There are scriptures that we can apply to our journey, church. You see, Satan's suggestion was countered with scripture. Jesus reminded Satan that the word of God was more important than food. You see, because Jesus in his human nature fought this battle with the word of God. 
spirit-filled, and we need to do the same when we're faced with temptation. I don't know about you, but how are you gonna respond with scriptures if you don't study the word of God? You have got to make your time in the word a priority. Why, pastor? Well, because you need it to fight. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna go into the ring with somebody without my dukes up. I need to be ready. I have to be ready, and I gotta spend time in the word. A good brother of mine, right now, we're going through the book of James. We started a month ago. We have started in chapter one. We're now in chapter one, verse four. It's taken us over a month to get through it, but I tell you what God's doing. He's chiseling away at my heart. He's chiseling away at his heart. He's speaking to our heart. That's what the word of God does. Don't limit yourself from this incredible, beautiful, breathed out word of God scriptures that we have in our hand accessible to us. Love you, coach. Just imagine a boxer who doesn't train. It's the man who doesn't spend time, the man or woman who doesn't spend time in the word. You get into the ring and your guard is down and you get knocked out. Church, we have to be on guard. We have to be ready. Remember, the boxer trains hard for the main event, and the same should be for us as we study the word. We'll move on to the second temptation. We'll read verses five through eight. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, to you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Church, Satan knew what Jesus' mission was and Satan was trying to stop him from going to the cross. By the way, interesting, Satan is going to give the kingdom of the world to Jesus if he would just bow down and worship. Take a look at Revelation eleven fifteen. I can't wait for this. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom, here it is, of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. <laughs> Amen to that, right? Church, Jesus didn't give in. He knew it was to come. It's interesting how Satan is attempting to give Jesus something that he has himself on lease. You see what's happening here? It's not his to give. It's temporary. And when he has to bring that lease and turn it in, oh man, he is in trouble. Satan is temporarily the prince and power of the air the ruler of this world. And that verse right there reminds us that the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Satan can't give what already belongs to Jesus. It's on lease and he's gonna have to reconcile that. That's not gonna be a good day. Now remember, Adam and Eve in the beginning, they had it all and they lost it all and now we all have to deal with sin. You know, Satan has temporary control of the world. Are you surprised at all that evil people are in positions of power? Why is that a shock? Terrible things are happening across our globe. Are you surprised? Church, we should be grieved by this. 
We should be praying for that. We should look at the world and the way things are going and we should be telling others about the love of Jesus. We're secure from this chaos. We're eternally secure. We know where we're going, those of us who've given our lives to Jesus. There's people who don't know the Lord. Church, we have to tell others about Christ. Terrible things are happening. I'm not surprised, but it grieves me. You see, the Father's plan was for Jesus to first suffer and then enter his glory. Satan is attempting to give Jesus a way out. Could you imagine if Jesus gave in to this temptation? We'd have never had the cross. Church, the biggest idea I want you to pull here is that we see a pattern. The second temptation, now yet again, Jesus is responding to the temptation with scripture, which means you have a choice. I have a choice. We can resist. We can say no. James 4, 7 reads, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, it's a choice. You can be spirit-filled, you can be spirit-led, you can respond to the enemy with scripture, and you can resist, and the devil will leave you alone. You see, Jesus conquered Satan's deception with scriptures, again quoting from Deuteronomy. The same resources in our hands, we have the same resources to fight temptation. We can be spirit-filled and we can respond with scripture. We're gonna go over the third and last temptation and read our last four verses. Verse nine, and he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Quick side note before we talk about that. Um, we're going to Israel if you wanna join us. Go to calvarypsl.com. Click on uh, what we do in missions and sign up. The slots are filling up quick. Um, we're going May 10th through the 20th. And if you do come with us, we'll take you to what I believe could possibly be the area where this happened. Um, take a look at the screens here at this photo. So that's right, we'll, we'll take you right there. And I imagine that might have been somewhere where the spot where the enemy took Jesus uh, at the top of the temple um, to kind of look at everything. And so... One of the things that I find very significant about this text is that Satan couldn't push Jesus off. Interesting. All the enemy really can do is entice and attempt to convince. He had to ask Jesus to throw himself down. Our fourth point is that the enemy will influence us but if we're spirit-filled, we will win the fight. Church, you cannot, I cannot say the devil made me do it. It's not true. The enemy may have influenced you, suggested, manipulated, encouraged, challenged, whispered in our ears to get us to do something, but we cannot say the devil made me do it. 
Interesting too here, Satan is using scripture. He's quoting from Psalms 91. Satan is twisting truth. Interesting how much of the Bible the enemy knows. In our culture today, sadly, historically, all throughout history, people take scriptures out of context. They use verses for their own benefit. Church, there's one interpretation and many applications. If you don't already own a good commentary, Charles Ryrie has a great study Bible to help you process what the text means. We gotta have a good commentary. We highly recommend that resource here. And so basically, um, Jesus responds and says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. So Satan is enticing him, right, taking scripture out of context, and Jesus is countering with truth. No, you don't put the Lord your God to the test. Jesus is rightly dividing the word of truth, using it in its proper context, church. We should model that. And what's significant at the end when Satan realized that he couldn't get anywhere with Jesus, he left. But it mentions an opportune time. You see, when Satan accepted the fact that he couldn't get anywhere with Jesus, he left for a while. You and I should never give the enemy an opportunity. You have to remember this acronym, HALT, STOP, HUNGRY, ANGRY, LONELY, TIRED. When you're hungry, when you're angry, when you're lonely, when you're tired, maybe even when you're filling the blank, you need to stop and pray and get full of the Holy Spirit and spend some time in the Word to equip you for the fight. Satan came after Jesus when he was hungry. Jesus was full of the Spirit and countered with the Scriptures. We're all going to be attacked, every one of us in some way, some shape of a form or another. Right now, you might be in the fight of your life. Right now, you might be nervous about that fight because you're not prepared, or maybe right now, everything is okay. Don't forget, in the green pasture and in the valley, the enemy will attack us when things are good and when things are not so good. It's very likely when you're under attack and you have a hunger issue or an anger issue or you're lonely or you're tired, you're very vulnerable, you need to be aware of that. Church, like the boxer, you cannot drop your guard. We cannot drop our guard. The enemy will come through. What was Superman's thing that he had to avoid because it took away all his power? Kryptonite. What's your kryptonite? What's the thing that you just can't be around? What's the thing that you struggle with, the sin that the enemy entices you with? You need to know what your kryptonite, quote unquote, is and avoid it. Don't do it. I know what my kryptonite is. I've got accountability partners that check in with me to make sure I'm doing well. I have accountability software on my devices so I don't look at anything that I should not. I'm telling you, church, we have to be aggressive for the fight. We have to train hard. We can't just give in. Second Corinthians 10.5 tells you and I to take every thought captive. The minute that whatever kryptonite, whatever that sin is, whatever that stuff is in your life, the minute it happens, Admit it and quit it, as Pastor Mike says. Get a hold of it. Call somebody. Hey, brother, I'm struggling right now. Temptation gives birth to sin and sin gives birth to death. Remember, the enemy wants to entice you to evil. He wants you just to give in to that desire. But you don't have to because the Bible tells us that God will give us a way out. 
We don't have to submit to the temporary authority or whatever Satan's doing here. We are children of God. We can rest in that. Jesus resisted these temptations because he walked in the spirit and he countered with scriptures. Remember, he did this as a man, fully God, fully man. He did not depend on his divine resources. And as a man, he did it, which means so can we. We can say no to temptation, we can say no to sin if we're full of the Holy Spirit and we respond with the scriptures, amen? Well, I love you guys. Elders and wives, come on forward. Pastors, pastor's wife, come on forward. God's good.